You're listening to the highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Alain Robert, famous rock and urban climber. This podcast is supported by the Yann Michalski Foundation. Most people are not knowing that actually my background is on rock. It's not on uh, buildings. What I did on rocks, free solo, is much more impressive than what I did on buildings. First of all, yes, I need to know what I will be climbing, whether it's on rocks or whether it's on buildings. And then there is a physical preparation. And regarding the mindset, it's more something that became a bit automatic over the years because I have been free soloing for almost 50 years. So it is pretty much my whole life. So that means that for me, being mentally ready, it's kind of simple. It's almost always the same mental process, meaning uh, I can be afraid before I understand, but I know that I know myself actually very well. And I know that once I am starting to climb, I feel fine. I put my fear aside and I'm just climbing. For me, be, over the years, more like even over the decades, it became something that I have understood. So although you know, I may be afraid before an ascent, which is a normal process, it shows that at least I am not fearless. I am not a crazy person, but I know that once I am at it, then I am shifting in another mode and becoming a fighter and I am having a target ahead of me and I am doing my very best for doing it as safely as I can. I think there is also a part of the uh, instinct. During that five weeks trip in Europe, I climbed a few times, whether it's cliffs or on buildings, I got two close calls. So I nearly fell, but I didn't. So it, it means that I am easily uh, bouncing back. I, I believe that my survival link is very, very strong. It's the combination of everything. It's combination of faith into the invisible, faith in myself as well. But I guess God may be also a part of the answer. I know maybe it sounds a little bit talking so easily about strange hearing me close call and nearly falling, then which could be nearly dying or dying. And I know that it's not the end, meaning I'll be climbing again until I get tired, until I, deep down I'm thinking now that maybe I could climb up to 70 years old or maybe even more. Yeah, I prefer to speak about my worst accident because it was in 1982. I fell from 20 meters, 20 meters free fall, hands first, head first actually, but what touched the bottom of the cliff was my hands. So both, they have completely exploded, tearing apart my skin, my flesh, pretty much lost 45% of my blood. Both elbows also exploded because my forearms worked as a kind of a shock breaker. At the bottom of the cliff, it was a slab of limestone. So it can't get any harder than that. It's a rock. And unfortunately, I bounced back and I continued the um, fall, but it was a steep uh, slope. So I got another 20, uh, 30 meters. And I guess that all of that has absorbed a lot of uh, energy. It's a bit like if you compare somebody who is having a car accident, if you are bumping onto a tree, usually you are dead. 
because you are speeding and suddenly something is really stopping you. Nothing is bouncing back. So that this is why it kills you. And the fact that my body did manage to bounce back on the limestone and then rolling again on a steep uh, slope most probably saved me. I was in a coma, but my coma was just one week. And then somehow I woke up. Deep down, I have no idea why I am still alive because normally you are not supposed to stay alive after such a fall, but obviously I did. And the doctors, they said that I was never going to be able to climb back and I made them lie because I came back. It took me two years to be even better than I was before my accident. And although I am 66% disabled, I did manage to come back and to become even much, much better than I have had ever been before. I have climbed in 1991, the hardest uh, route uh, free solo in the world. So that, that was something completely uh, unthinkable because with such a broken uh, body, that also doesn't really make sense. It's more like uh, I am dealing with myself. I am living the moment and if nearly falling, it's not falling. So for as long as I'm uh, holding something, I'm still alive. So if I'm still alive, I can still fight to stay alive. Uh, climbing Berlings uh, came along the way, you know, when I did start free soloing hard grades on rock up to 5.30 D beginning of the 90s, then nobody else has ever climbed that, that kind of grade on rock free solo. So at first, I just thought that it's a crazy uh, idea. And then I went to New York, Dallas, Houston, and Chicago. And then along the way, I realized that actually uh, there was a brand new field. It was also good because it came at a time that I was really uh, pushing the envelope uh, free soloing on rocks. And maybe it was only a matter of time before uh, I may fall and I may die. And suddenly climbing buildings was opening my life to something uh, different, much uh, safer. I won't say much easier, but in, in a way, because it is safer, it is also easier. Because, you know, on buildings, uh, more or less, it is very repetitive. So if you can climb the first few meters, Usually, uh, if you are strong enough, you can manage your power and you can last for uh, one, two, three hours, depending on how tall is the bearing. It's because I'm simply uh, not interested to climb. For me, you know, my mind uh, is a kind of uh, safety nest. We human beings, unfortunately, we are only putting safety on something that we can touch. A rope, a chain a ladder, whatever, but safety, it can be something else. It can be your faith in yourself. If you meet a lawyer and you are telling him, I've been to court many times, having to defend myself in front of a prosecutor, charging me for reckless endangerment. And I explain them when I'm climbing, I know what I do and I feel safe. We human beings, we are the problem. We are the ones who are putting a barrier on everything. We don't want to recognize that our human brain or mind is capable to do something that we cannot put on a paper. We cannot buy like you are buying some expensive insurances. 
And it's just swallowing a belief in myself. I can make it and I will make it because I feel safe doing it. You need to be very determined. You need to know why, what are the reasons why you are doing what you are doing. Being sure that you are not doing it for being famous or for the money or all the more nowadays things are far more complicated because me, when I was starting to, to climb free solo, there, there was no such a thing as a magazine, as medias and so on. So I was just doing it for myself, the love uh, of climbing. Nowadays, the, the problem is uh, a lot of people, uh, they are doing it for YouTube. They are doing it for Instagram. They are doing it for all of those uh, social medias. If tomorrow uh, there's no more all of those uh, social medias, I'm not so sure how many people are still going to do uh, what they are doing. Petronas, for example, it's interesting because it took me 12 years to climb it. Two failed uh, attempts. I get caught on the 60th because there is some uh, platform running all around the building. And I knew that in terms of authorities, there was consequences and that was complicated for me during the Malaysian authorities three times. The third times when finally I did it successfully, I spoke to a top criminal lawyer in Kuala Lumpur and he told me that possibly I could land in jail for up to five years. But I was just thinking, I have tried to be optimistic and uh, telling to myself that first of all, what was important, it was reaching the top live. And then uh, after I will be dealing with the authorities and dealing with the consequences. But I was fairly uh, optimistic. And I'm saying I am afraid of myself because I am not easily giving up. There was a time which I had to do it pretty much on a daily basis when I was pre-soloing on rocks, but it's a period of time, long, long time ago. In buildings, you are using the window frames and then usually it's very repetitive. So you, you can pretty much read it from bottom to top, exactly what you're going to do all along as on rocks. You are discovering that there may be pockets, there may be small crimps, there may be pinches. You have to decipher the rock the same way as if you were reading a book. And let's say that some of the books are more difficult than others. Because in buildings, usually it's quite simple. It doesn't mean it's easy. You can do climb some very difficult buildings like the Sears Tower in Chicago, but at the end of the day, uh, there isn't much a surprise, except that you need to last uh, 443 meters without resting. So this is the, let's say, the complicated part. But if your body uh, is uh, physically uh, trained, then it works. As on, uh, on rock, you may have a lot of surprises and there may be even some grips, pockets or holes that you cannot even hold it. Not all rest are passive, so you can rest in a very active way. So it means that you are still managing and saving a little bit of your power, thinking that there is still another 100 meters and better save a little bit of my energy if I want to make it. Then you need to find ways, some gesture and to rest as much as you can. First of all, maybe uh, being a little more concerned about global warming, 
but it's a huge task ahead because things are also, you know, I am living in Bali. It is a developing world. So it, it means the quality of fission is not, sometimes is not that good, not good enough. So kids, they are not really concerned and they are totally unaware and their parents are also unaware. So it, it means that in some part of the globe, it will take ages before people, they start to feel concerned. You know, we are having every year a day that is uh, earlier and earlier, meaning that starting from July, we have already used, we human beings, all the resources, renewable human resources. There is too much industry, too much of everything, actually. I remember, you know, when I was young, I was going to the, first of all, I was not even going to the supermarket because there wasn't. There was only some small groceries. You could buy maybe there was one pack of chips. There was maybe two or three types of yogurts. Now there is 300 types of yogurts. There is 300 snacks. There is, I don't know, there is a abundance on everything. So the more we are producing and the more we are destroying the planet. And if you want to stay alive, we need to protect the planet. That's why Red Indian, they are calling it Mother Earth. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episode or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.